After a rough 2022, the e-commerce trade has been trying to make a comeback, but getting in the way was the deep short report on Block, complicating the payments world for online business. Let's dive into the sector with Andrew Bao, joining us, Director and Senior Research Analyst at Nico Securities America. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oliver, always a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Great stuff. Appreciate that. Uh, so we'll get into the block situation. I definitely want your take on that. But I want to first start with Shopify because you guys have been doing some updated research and uh, some deep dives there. What's the latest? What can we expect going forward from a company that had so much promise and then got killed as a stock last year? Yeah, I mean, as a stock in 2022, it was a really challenging setup for Shopify. I mean, you had the kind of sobering um, downfall from the pandemic where in 2021 and 2020 you had you know the forced e-commerce trade essentially where everybody was forced to be at home and and shopping online and then the reopening I think took a more dramatic impact on a lot of the e-commerce world than a lot of people were expecting because you had these compounding factors of you know a reopening trade where people are spending more money on, on travel and other in-person experiences coupled with the challenging comps from a lack of, of stimulus payments that came in 2021. Uh, Shopify was clearly not immune to that dynamic as they are one of the, the, the best pure plays in e-commerce. And so you saw really that the, the, the downside of you know that, that sobering sugar high that we had in 2021. But, but ultimately, I think that in the back half of 2022, the company really demonstrated that they have clear market leadership in the space and, and really bodes well for the longer term prospects. Okay, uh, so um, going forward, what are the standards by which we uh, measure uh, Shopify? Because to your point, the kind of forced e-commerce trade gave us some uh, pretty pumped up uh, comps and growth metrics that may not be sustainable. What should we be looking for then to kind of dictate the narrative and maybe the price action going forward? Well, I think for Shopify, there's actually a story that's broader than just e-commerce. I mean, they're making real traction at the physical point of sale by launching, you know, some of their next-gen um, physical point of sale devices that will give them a real presence at, at physical point of sale for brick-and-mortar retailers or, or online businesses that want to start a, a physical point of sale presence. And and they're showing real traction in that solution up market with some more larger enterprise-level merchants um, and servicing those clients on a much more robust basis than they really ever have in the past. I mean, historically, Shopify has been viewed as a name that, that's purely SMB, micro e-commerce. Think about um, the seller who sells T-shirts on Instagram. But now you're talking about real established enterprises that are that are, you know, moving on to the platform, be it, you know, Converse in Japan, Cole Haan in the U.S., like truly enterprise level brand names that that give them a level of credibility to play in that space that they really haven't had before. So I think that as, as we measure Shopify's success in the years ahead, I think that it's going to be growth that exceeds, you know, general overall e-commerce growth and obviously physical point of sale retail growth, uh, coupled with an increasing amount of penetration for their different software and platform solutions that can help these businesses succeed. Those big businesses uh, that aren't just the t-shirt sellers, does that uh, fit into a category like uh, a certain number of employees or minimum revenue? Is there because uh, uh, a way they report those larger clientele based like a software company that'll say, oh, if they you know uh, purchase more than hundred thousand dollars of uh, software from us, they they meet a certain kind of category of like institutional customers or a way Shopify reports that mm -hmm. so we can track that. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't necessarily disclose the number of what's called Shopify Plus merchants, but generally speaking, those are merchants that spend more than $1,000 per per annual year on the subscription side of the business. So like, as you can imagine, like that, that runs a pretty large spectrum of what kind of businesses could fall into that, that category. But when you get into the largest merchants overall, you know, these are bespoke pricing arrangements and, and not the off the rack that you would see for the typical SMB where they're paying anywhere from 30 to $100 per year for access to the Shopify platform. But the real monetization lever is, and ultimately what, what can drive the bull case for Shopify is to drive more adoptions of payments um, into those level of merchants. And they're really starting to get credible on that side as, as their cross-border solution is far more advanced than it has been in the past, the physical point of sale solution, um, and being able to process physical point of sale payments in upwards of 20 different geographies today, which was just you know five at the time, five or, or maybe five to seven at the time of the pandemic. So a lot of these things that they brought out over the last year or over the last two years have now gained the level of sophistication that they're actually credible. Um, so broadly speaking, there's there's multiple things that have been driving this. The longer term thing that we're wondering how it all kind of shakes out is really how they, they butt head to head with Amazon. Um, Amazon's launching their buy with Prime functionality, which, which you know, beyond Shopify merchant platforms is a one-click solution that automatically connects the merch into Amazon's fulfillment. Now, Shopify with with building their own fulfillment solution, but you know, if you look at past as precedent with with other e-commerce names that have tried to get into fulfillment in the past, it's a, a pretty ambitious endeavor. Uh, it can be expensive, um, and it, it doesn't always come with the the perfect level of success that that you know a lot of these visionaries plan out at the beginning. Okay, understood. Uh, uh, very cool. I like the perspective here on how they're keeping up uh, and competing with Amazon still. Now, as we kind of transition to the payment discussion a little bit, Shopify does have some overlap there, though, as you, you write in your latest uh, uh, analysis, that they're going to be able to take a little bit of market share from PayPal. Uh, how does that work? So Shopify has, la has launched in 2017 their their Shop Pay button. And if you ever use the experience on the app, I'd recommend to do it. It's it's pretty fascinating how well they can track all. They have all these integrations into the UPSs and FedExs of the world, and can track every package that comes, you know, from soup to nuts and to your front door. Um, they also have the integrations with the existing Shopify merchants. Uh, so that there can be a shop pay button on checkout. And by leveraging the shop pay button, these, these merchants get um, richer data and, and, and consumer profiles in order to you know, bundle and repackage um, really interesting um, um, advertising and marketing campaigns. Now, PayPal has historically said that they can do similar things in the past, but they haven't necessarily seen it yield for for the merchant growth that that a shopify has and when you're, you're a shopify or when you're a small e-commerce business and you're trying to decide whether to you know launch your business with a paypal or launch your business with a shopify shopify does a lot more to to keep your whole stack up and running where paypal is really just a a button that i think today you definitely need to offer because it expands the amount of tam of customers you can you can ultimately penetrate but the, the, what's core to running your business, it's really the Shopify uh, ecosystem. And that, that platform stickiness, I think, is something that over time leads merchants to increasingly use Shopify relative to be so you know, overly reliant on the PayPal button and the positioning of said button. Got it. Okay. So uh, they've uh, got their hands in a lot and trying to really 
uh, become a, a kind of cross uh, medium uh, platform uh, uh, in many ways. Uh, before I let you go, Andrew, definitely want to uh, get a quick thought here on uh, how some of the allegations from the Hindenburg report on uh, Block have uh, incorporated it all into your own analysis uh, of uh, the company. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the Hindenburg report, while salacious and, and very headline grabbing, um, I think that 90% of what we read in that report was not really news to people who were in the weeds on the story. Um, if you look at any of these these platform payment names, you know, the MAU numbers has always been kind of looked at with, with a little bit of skepticism. I mean, PayPal said uh, just a year ago that 30 percent of their users drive the vast majority of their volume. And to think that, that it was any different at Square um, would be, I think, a little bit foolhardy. Um, now, I think that Square did an admirable job in, as far as responding to the allegations last week and, and, and highlighting some of the uh, internal data valid validation tools that they've been using to ensure that there's, there's um, as minimal amount of fraudsters on the platform as possible. but. Inherently to payments, there's and when you're trying to serve the underserved communities, you're going to increasingly uh, run up against more levels of illicit activity. Um, you know what remains to be seen is how that translates to the valuation in the stock because we've seen over a lot of short reports in the fintech space over the last year. Uh, there's been a lot of negative alpha generated if you were going to say long this, those stocks post short report. So uh, I think a little bit of added scrutiny and, and likely added volatility in the months ahead. Okay. Uh, appreciate the uh, uh, wide-ranging conversation this morning. Andrew, helpful for us. Good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. You got it. Andrew Bow, Director and Senior Research Analyst at Nico Securities America. Uh, with the growth opportunities still ahead of Shopify and uh, pretty calm uh, analysis of uh, the block situation.